0: We want to talk about
1: (laughs) Hi, welcome to another episode of Stab Gab. I'm your host, Donna.
0: And I'm your co-host, Andrew. (laughs) and (laughs) i i can never find a way to naturally say that
1: you do you man let's keep that
0: this is an exciting one uh donna as a show because this is our first time having a uh, pedigreed guest i wrote a fancy intro just uh, fyi Um,
1: let's just dive right in okay do it
0: (laughs) okay i like that all right so donna like to be like hey i I hear we have a guest today (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'm really gonna fuck this up and just be like hey i heard we have a guest today andrew i wish i had a gong in here
0: hey i have a gong sound effects we could put a gong sound effect yeah let's do it let's do it gong (laughs) our guest today is a film historian and author his books include king kong the making of a movie icon Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the making of Steven Spielberg's classic film, two volumes in the Music on Film series, Amadeus and A Hard Day's Night. In addition to his books, he is also a senior writer and columnist for Script Magazine, where he writes the monthly column Meet the Reader. He's also a major contributor to two recent book releases, Nobody Does It Better, The Unauthorized Oral History of James Bond, and John Gillerman, The Man, The Myth, The Movies. Finally, he has the distinction of being the only film historian whom I have ever accidentally walked in on while he was changing his clothes because he is my brother, Ray Morton. Yay, Ray! uh, Congratulations. That's now going to be broadcast to up to 24 people. Well,
2: thank you for having me.
0: We're psyched to have you here. And uh, I guess my most important question is uh, I have to ask Donna, can you actually tell the difference between Ray and I's voice right now just because of the whole related thing?
1: I can, and the only reason I can is because of the remote recording. Wording.
0: I admit it's the one thing I was a little bit worried about. A oh, bunch that'd be of years. Your- so
1: funny, if it was just like you guys sounded exactly alike, and then it just sounds like uh, Andrew Morton is double time talking. <laughs>
2: well, if I say something dumb, so whenever we I can ha- just say, "Hey, Andrew, why did you say that?" and everyone will think it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll switch.
1: <laughs> I love that. Well, so whenever we have a guest on, the guest is the person who gets to pick the movie for the episode. So, Ray, take it away. What is our movie?
2: Our movie today is the third film in the Psycho series. Norman Bates is back to normal. But Mother's off her rocker. Again.
3: Norman, is that you?
2: Yes, Mother. It's me.
3: Bates Motel. Aside from total boredom, nothing's going to happen to you here. I can't have that sort of thing going on in my motel gives the place a bad name Why are you so kind to me you remind me of someone mother i figured bates was a geek but a full-fledged looney tune norman i'll get you for this mother you haven't got the guts boy it's
1: perfectly natural for a son to love his mother
2: This is Psycho 3 from 1986, directed by its star, Anthony Perkins. And it's the psycho movie people don't remember very much. Everyone (laughs) knows the classic Alfred Hitchcock one, and many people are fans of the sequel, Psycho 2, which is a pretty terrific movie. And this is the weird stepchild of the series, with emphasis on weird. In the previous film, which was Psycho 2 from 1983, Norman Bates gets out of the mental hospital and he's cured. He's back to sanity, as they say, which I don't think is an actual legal condition. But Danity. You've never
1: seen that in a medical dictionary? Yeah, not really, Back no, to sanity? No, it's yeah. listed under B. You might have missed it. <laughs>
2: back, to, back to sanity. Right before C, cured. <laughs> cured right. Yeah. And, and basically, the plot of Psycho 2 is that a number of different people conspire to drive Norman mad again, and at the end of the movie, they drive him mad again. And so when Psycho 3 Three starts Norman's up to his old tricks he lives by himself in the creepy house with the corpse of his mother and whenever he gets turned on by a young lady he dresses up his mother and kills her and we find out he's kind of been up to that for a little while and then a bunch of people enter his life including a young lady who reminds him of the first victim from Psycho and that triggers mm-hmm. basically a war with mother which is really sort of the plot of this movie very yeah. good
1: yeah Well, first of all, I want to backpedal to Psycho 2, just for like a minute before we jump back into Psycho 3. So we find out at the end of Psycho 2, supposedly we find out that his real mother is a woman named Emma Spool, who was a waitress at the restaurant that he worked at, and that she gave Norman to Norma Bates, who then raised him under the guise of being his mother. I fucking hate surprise endings that come out of left field that you would have never picked up the breadcrumbs of and that is prime example
3: oh oh, oh, oh. <laughs> of
1: that. all of a sudden it's just like norman i'm your real mom who the fuck are you <laughs> i'm like oh yeah you're that old woman from the restaurant that had like two lines oh of course you're his mom
0: are you saying it's a little too scooby-doo for your taste it's Is that too
1: scooby-doo actually scooby-doo would be easier to solve because at least scooby-doo lays some sort of groundwork
0: so what you're saying is you 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 wanted it to be the sheriff the whole time and Norman would have pulled the sheriff's head off and it would have been mother underneath. Oh my the god, sheriff's and it's mask. the
1: she's been dug up again.
0: <laughs> she's been dead the whole time.
1: Dig her up again. Put her in the in the cop skin suit. And, and this, then Norman kills her, which at that point I was like, good, because I hate <laughs> I hate a surprise ending and you're the embodiment of it. Get rid of her, Norman. This is how Mother is back in the house again. I
0: admire too because I thought it played a bad hand as well as you can possibly play, which is like somebody comes to you and says we're going to give you money to make Psycho 2 which is a terrible idea but if you're sort of saddled with you, you got to go make Psycho 2 I thought they handled it about as well as they could in terms of coming up with a story and, and trying to sort of thread the needle to restore the status quo at the end. I'm with you Donna in that it's a little abrupt that you find out the waitress lady is his real mom, but I will say it is redeemed by a genuinely, I don't know if hilarious is quite the right word, but a, awesome. ge- a genuinely fucked up. Yeah. Genuinely awesome fucked up moment in a movie where it just like comes out of nowhere, hits her in the head with the fucking shovel. Yeah. And yeah. and so I maybe didn't like how they arrived hundred percent at the destination, but I think the destination sort of absolves them of the sin of how they got there.
1: I'm like, kill this plot twist, Norman, kill it. There's a shovel in the corner. Kill the plot twist with the shovel. (laughs)
2: Well, one of the things about both of the Psycho sequels that probably is a little lost in time now is clearly Universal Studios at that time was pretty much a schlock factory. They made decent movies, but they also were really well known for running into the ground Like, they're the people who made four Jaws movies out of a single Jaws plot, (laughs) you know? Don't Um, mention Jaws movies to Donna. I know, I know, I swear to God, that was
1: so hard to watch.
2: And the thing here is, clearly they were cashing in, obviously, on the original Alfred Hitchcock Psycho, which was a classic. But the funny thing about Psycho 2 is that it came out pretty much at the height of the slasher movie craze. As the Mm -hmm. writer of Psycho 3, Charles Pogue, says... He says it's the height of the dead teenager movie phase. Um, Oh, yeah, totally. And Universal only wanted to make a cheap slasher movie. That was all they were interested in. It was actually originally designed to be a TV movie. And when it was going to be a TV movie, Anthony Perkins didn't want to be in it. So guess who was supposed to play Norman Bates? Christopher oh Walken God, who? was supposed oh. to play Norman Bates. Really? Yeah, right. really? Yeah, really? yeah. Christopher
1: yeah. Walken is too crazy for right. that. <laughs> Anthony Perkins, even though he's good at playing crazy, he's also good at playing like sweet little mama's boy. Like he's right. good at that. Try and picture for Christopher Walken yeah. as a mama's boy. Like uh, no. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was almost about to do the voice, and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, don't, don't, don't do a Christopher Walken voice. Yeah, yeah.
1: God, I wish you did. You sure? Maybe have another beer and revisit. That in a half
0: right, hour. Right, yeah yeah check check back with me in a little while
2: <laughs> we all go a little mad sometimes Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: if we're watching like a real-time viewership yeah. number we would have just seen like
2: 12 people drop off
0: of uh listening to the podcast yes. anyway sorry we fell off the point a little yeah, bit yeah <laughs>
2: So they hired this guy, Richard Franklin, who was an Australian director, and he made a really interesting movie called Road Games with Jamie Lee Curtis, which is kind of like Rear Window on the Road. It's like Rear Window meets Duel. And he was rear just. Car window. Yeah, and he was just a better director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and they got Tom Holland, the guy who later made um, *Fright Night* and *Child's Play* as a director. Oh,
1: and
3: they,
2: yeah.
1: And both of those are stellar horror movies. Yeah, they and, will never be featured on this podcast. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so
2: and should... they just ended up with a better movie than they really expected and probably even wanted. I actually like *Psycho 2 a lot. I'm with Andrew in the in the. There never should be a movie. Called Psycho 2. That's just a really bad idea. But if you're going to do it, I think they did it about as good as you possibly could. And when he goes after her with that shovel in the end, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just- I also
1: really like the knife and mouth scene.
2: Yes. Oh, it, yeah. A mile, with a
1: so- Sue, Susan Sue Loomis. Which, yes. that's fucked. She ends up marrying Marion Crane's boyfriend.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting little I was twist like, in I was like, <laughs> I
1: hope your sister is haunting you from the grave,
0: <laughs> Jezebel. Well, well psycho- what? <laughs>
1: Tramp. <laughs> All right, shall we start in a Psycho 3?
0: Yes, sure. yes, we can All right, start in a Psycho 3.
1: In the Psychoverse. Um, In the real world, three years has gone by between Psycho 2 and Psycho 3, but in the Psychoverse, only a month has gone by. So Psycho's 3 opens...
2: With the best line ever.
1: Oh my god. I I (laughs) cackle. I just busted out laughing.
0: Any other movie we've watched so far, you gotta wait at least 20 minutes to get to whatever level of the way this thing starts.
1: No. Rip off that band-aid. So the screen is black, and all of a sudden we hear a woman yell, There is no God! (laughs) (laughs) And... I don't think laughter was the reaction that the team behind Psycho 3 was looking to get, but that's what they got from me. Like, head back laughing at the ceiling. Um, So yeah, it starts off with, there is no God, and the camera starts rolling, and it is a young nun who seems like she's about to kill herself. Oh, and one of the other things that came out of my mouth right at this time was, holy shit, it's Christina from Mommy Dearest.
2: Yes, it is. Is.
3: It
1: is. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah! yeah. I, I did yeah. not pick up on that at all. So, yeah, and nominated
1: really for an to, Oscar to, to for Inside
2: her. Moves three years before or something. Right? For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, mortgage payments. They're
2: <laughs> <really> <laughs> I remember being a little so shocked when I heard in- she was in this because it was like, hmm, you were nominated for an Oscar a couple years ago. What do you think? <laughs>
1: yeah what are you doing here man like maybe she really liked the script do you need a co-producer here's my bank account
2: (laughs) was she a buddy of anthony perkins maybe is that maybe i don't know i'm not sure i not that i know of but you never know
1: so Christina Crawford plays a nun named Maureen. She's questioning her faith so much so that she is about to kill herself. So she's standing on the side of the nunnery on the top of the building in the bell Like house. a clock tower, right? Yeah, and she's about to throw herself out the window. There's
0: giant
2: bells around her. At it's it, yeah, it's, at the it's the supposed top. to be yeah. um, so, a mission because it's yeah. all visually patterned after vertigo. Oh, yeah. okay. Anthony knew his
1: outfit. He's like, I really love Alfred Hitchcock. I'm going to tip him to death in this movie. (laughs) So all the nuns run upstairs and they're like, no, Christina Crawford, don't kill yourself. And she's again, repeats, there is no God. (laughs) (laughs) And then gets into like a physical tug of war with one of the older nuns who's trying to get her off the ledge. And the older nun loses her grip. And she's the one that falls to her death.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, because this is this is how I'm remembering it. Does she hit one of the giant bells on the way down or I something? I think she
1: does. <laughs>
0: <I> think, <yes>. <laughs> 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 so like, bong. And then like, you see a old lady nun fall to her death <laughs> and smack against the ground and like blood comes out. The psycho movies are not pro-old lady. This is what- <laughs> They're not women yeah. they, they are <laughs> not.
1: If, if you are a woman that happens to, you know, suffer the sin of uh, being a woman, uh, <laughs> Um, you are going to die. Yeah, yeah. I wish the nun yelled on the way down. There is a
0: nun! That would have been the best. I right. wish she yelled, I sure hope there's one. <laughs> I'm a bad- yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah,
3: I'll let you know. Yeah. Splat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what I thought was really funny at this point is right after this happens we cut to the opening credits and Nun Maureen walking through the desert to like get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Um, You just killed someone. I know it was an accident but you did. So shouldn't but- there have been like cops called and in an investigation or something? It's like oh well another dead nun.
0: I think you have to understand that there's no moral consequences because there is no God. So there's nothing she needs to worry about. Well,
1: there is no God for her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, she at least gets away with slaughter. at least. It's maybe she not just, like, She
1: just like leaves on foot across the desert.
0: She's wandering. She's going to go do her 40 days in the desert. That'll I don't know. Much. I was
1: just like, where is she going? But then I realized like she's out at the road and she's like hitching a car. And um, in my notes, I wrote, oh, period. I guess the road is far away. <laughs> <laughs> so the marine gets picked up by some dude named Dwayne, but you can call him Duke. <laughs>
0: Played by Jeff Fahey.
1: Uh who is the lead in La- Lawnmower Man? Real yeah. And that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid.
0: I've never seen it. I
1: don't, <laughs> know, if it, I don't it. know if it would now, but like I only saw it as a child and like that was something that I was like I don't think I can come back to this one. That guy Duke, uh yeah. real piece of work.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, very little build up to discovering that Duke is a scumbag.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he accepts her in the car to take her to wherever she needs to go. She has no idea where she's going, and then surprise, surprise! There's an attempted rape scene.
0: That was very yeah. uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it should as be, opposed, of course,
1: as opposed to the comfortable. <laughs> person. No, no,
0: no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. Please let me correct that. I- <laughs> I'm sorry. I put you on the spot, (laughs) Andrew Morton. Let me rephrase that. I was more uncomfortable earlier in this movie than I expected to be. That's the way to put it. Yeah,
1: they get you real uncomfortable real quick and it has nothing to do with, uh, It has everything to do with the horrors of the real world.
2: (laughs) Yes. We haven't even gotten to to Norman yet. This
1: is why a lot of women don't travel alone or do things like hitchhike because of people like Duke.
2: (laughs) And I have to say something about the acting in this movie because Mm -hmm. normally when you have an actor directing actors, you get these sort of wonderful performances out of them. And I will say that Everyone in this movie is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is overacting and eye-popping. Because I've seen Jeff Fahey in a lot of stuff, and he's good. And Diana Skullward, like I said, got nominated for an Oscar. And the mother superiors are all like, you're going to hell! (laughs) I know, I'm like, this woman
1: is trying to kill herself, (laughs) and you're just yelling at her, you're going to hell?
2: And we haven't even gotten to the reporter yet. Oh Oh, my god. Everybody is over the top and, and bugging their eyes out and and <laughs> yeah everybody everyone's dialed up to a ten
1: even Perkins man he, like, yeah, I, he needed I, someone... he's a fucking great actor yeah. and then yeah. at one point like I was just looking at him and I'm like you are phoning it in buddy yeah yeah what is happening here so uh marine doesn't want to hit it with duke <laughs> So he fucking kicks her out of the car in a rainstorm.
0: Does he call her? He
1: calls her a bitch, yeah, which yeah. I love that. I love. <laughs> you are a mean person because you won't let me have this forcible sex with you. Um, so she just is there and he ends up at Bates Motel. Perkins is there. There's a job vacancy. He gets the job on the spot. <laughs>
0: They intro Norman and just so there's no confusion about where Norman's at mentally, you see him drugging birds in a bird feeder <laughs> to paralyze oh, yeah. them, and then they die so he can taxidermy them, I
1: guess. What a dick.
2: And and a little <laughs> insert of taxiderming the... Mrs. Spool, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> but that but that was actually
1: too. the thing in the film that upset me the most and then it made me question myself as a human being. That I was just like, wow, I only get upset when it's a evolves animals it was, it was <laughs> if it's humans fuck you but animals i'm just like no no
0: at this point in the movie we're already one we're already one nun and one assault deep in terms of uh human carnage but but yes the dead birds are, are, dead are birds. really but i'm like
1: you are right there is no god <laughs> these poor birds look at these birds <laughs> yeah so i guess the bird thing happens before duke shows up for his job but we end up I think this is where we end up in the restaurant that he works at. And this is where we meet the reporter, right? Well, he
2: hires Duke and then he goes to the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) he's going
0: to get burgers for Duke. Duke rolls up looking like you'd expect mid-80s Jeff Fahey to look like, which is as a scary drifter. And yeah, Norman just hauls off and gives him the job. And you're right. And then decides he's like, yeah, you know what? And Duke's such a nice guy. Let me go into town and get him some burgers.
1: You're like, I don't need to check out your background. You just like rolled up and I'm going to hire you. And also I'll get you some food. Oh, a little background on Duke too. Duke is also um, heading out to L.A. because he's an aspiring musician. Yeah, very, very overprotective of his guitar. There are numerous points in this movie where he points out there's a thing that might happen where the guitar might get hurt he says, "Watch the guitar." He treats his guitar. A lady. Yes, 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 a lady. Yeah.
0: yeah, he's married to his guitar. And he treats his guitar better than literally any woman he treats in the entire movie.
2: So, yeah. yeah. What also kills me is his line. He doesn't say I'm going to go out and, like be a good musician or I'm going to be But a- well, he goes, "I'm going out to be a rock star."
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a
2: rock star. I'm like, well, I didn't know that was a thing you could apply for. <laughs>
0: Nothing against Jeff in this movie, but Jeff Reed's is about 35 in this movie too, but, so I don't know. I don't know if you want to yeah, start your rock star. Yeah, almost
1: starter. like a Tobias UK right, situation right, right. where he's yeah. just like, that's it. I quit. I'm going to try my hand at being a rock star.
0: No, it's time to take this guitar and get out to LA and, uh, and guitar it up at the, at the whiskey.
1: He's actually a real estate lawyer.
0: <laughs> that's how he knew that the property at the Bates Hotel was worth a pretty penny. He's like, in my previous life, I did real estate law. And I can tell you, this is a- Then I
1: decided I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> look at look at me now. I never took a lesson in my life.
0: All of his songs and lyrics are about real estate. <laughs> His favorite song is Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Psycho is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Duke is back at the hotel, now freshly employed, waiting for his meal, and Perkins is at the restaurant where he meets the reporter from LA who happens to sound like she's from Alabama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she wants to interview him for a piece that she's doing on released serial killers.
0: It's a hyper specific piece. She's like oh, a serial killers who were remorseful about their crimes 20 years after they committed them.
1: And <laughs> she has no bedside manner, no. like zero.
0: Now, first, Ray. She seems familiar to me, but I couldn't place who she was. Do we know you, her from something else?
2: You know, it's funny. I don't know her. Like, she's a Canadian actress, and most uh-huh. of her work was up there. I'm sure we've seen her, like in small parts and things. But I actually don't understand why they didn't they didn't get a name for that part.
0: Do you know who she looked a little bit like? I think who's the lady who's in Blade Runner? She's the one who. Joanna Cassidy. Sean Young? Yeah, Joanna Cassidy. I think yeah, that's who yeah. she reminds me. For a minute, I thought it was Joanna I Cassidy. thought
1: you were like, Sean Young. I'm it's like, Sean that Young. did not look <laughs> like Sean Young. You're who like, African who's women? that actress for Bla- Harrison Ford? <laughs> did Harrison Ford play
0: the female reporter in this movie? I'm pretty sure <laughs> that he did.
2: <laughs>
1: Wait, who's Joan Cassidy in? She's um, the
2: stripper she, who gets shot through the, the glass. Yeah, with the yeah. snake. Uh, okay,
1: okay, okay. The She's a droid.
2: Replicant, yeah
1: that's why she's she's retired
0: Don I really want you to go to a sci-fi convention and talk about Blade Runner and just keep talking about all the droids that are in Blade Runner like you know
1: I'm just I'm like I think she was a tauntaun
0: (laughs) all these guys in stained t-shirts will get nosebleeds and be like that's not what they're called they're called replicants I
1: get nosebleeds when I'm upset and I'm very upset
0: (laughs) my nosebleeds disappear like tears in the rain (laughs) yes
1: yes I love that you tied that together That's very good. She's a piece of of work. She's a terrible reporter. There's no bedside manner. There's no small talk. There's no, like, I'm going to make my subject comfortable before I ask him questions. She immediately, like, starts, like, asking him questions about, you know, when you killed all those people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: he hasn't even gotten his food yet. He put yeah. it he placed his order and hadn't even gotten the food.
1: It's like at least let the man eat his burger before you ask him about all those murders he did. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't get over the fact that she sounded like she was from the deep south. She's like, I'm a reporter from LA. Ray
0: did just say that she was a Canadian actress, so maybe she's like, This is what all Americans sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's out.
1: like, I'm gonna do my West Coast accent.
0: <laughs> Hi, y'all. I'm mm. from Anaheim. I'm like, you know what,
1: you'd be you better off just keeping whatever Canuck accent it is that you've got going on there so <laughs> can i say canuck is that a really bad insult
2: uh
1: i'm like i'm scared hey, All Canada's but, gonna come if, but even
2: if it me. is they won't do anything because they're yeah. very polite they can't
1: cross the border plus they have the chinos. upper hand
2: they have the better country right now That's so. true, <laughs> true, true it's true
1: they'll be like you can canuck to the cows come home <laughs> at least i at least i live in a better country than you do and, uh, and i'll be like point taken <laughs> so norman bates I guess I should use his character name, right? I just keep saying Anthony Perkins, and I'm calling Maureen Christina Crawford. Um,
2: (laughs) I do like that you keep calling her Christina Crawford.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Norman Bates is just like, I don't want to answer any of your questions. You're kind of a jerk and I'm leaving. So he takes the burrs and, and leaves. And, well, um,
2: something else happens first.
1: Though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. What happens before?
2: As he's talking to the very annoying reporter lady, the nun pulls up. I think she gets a ride from a trucker. And right. one of the things that they did in this film is the nun's haircut very much resembles the haircut of Janet Lee in Psycho.
1: Marion Crane.
2: Marion Crane. And her name is Maureen. I believe it's Coyle or something like that. Norman sees her. He knows notices the resemblance and then sees her suitcase which has her initials MC and then they do this very weird it's interesting except the physicality doesn't work where she sits down at the counter and drops something I think a napkin or something Mm -hmm. and she bends over in a position to pick up the napkin that reminds him of the shot that he didn't actually see in Psycho where (laughs) randomly falls out of the shower after he's killed her and her face hits the floor yeah
1: he wasn't there for that Right. so
2: Norman has a flashback to something he didn't witness we get the idea now that she reminds him of the first victim we ever saw him kill
1: so he heads back to the hotel and then eventually maureen crane maureen christina crawford (laughs) makes her way to the hotel too to get a room and she is greeted by none other than her attempted rapist duke he's like what's up yeah he's like my bad back there (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's let bygones be bygones (laughs) but she seems to say okay (laughs) and she gets a room there she gets a very special room yes he gives her the key to room one which is the room that janet lee stayed in and was ultimately killed in.
0: that's where all the bad shit goes down in room one
3: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) i have nothing else to add just
1: (laughs) i thought you (laughs) say something
2: do <laughs> you ever see the snl <laughs> like, skit when tony perkins was on snl the, I, the norman bates no. of hotel no, management <laughs> 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 she goes, That's uh-huh. good. That's because good. Good. when a guest checks That's into awesome. a room and like she wants clean towels do you a bring her clean towels B, bring her, you know, recycled towels. Or C, hack her to death with a large carving knife. Um, <laughs> and then the second, you know, when a customer wants the refund, do you A, give it to him? Do you, two, charge it to the credit card? Or C, hack them to death with a large carving <laughs> knife. So, <laughs> that's really good
1: (laughs) so she gets the room Um, she's
0: pretty freaked out
1: yeah she's just like like she's just scared of everything god knows what's gonna happen oh wait no god doesn't know what's gonna happen because there's no god (laughs)
0: yeah yeah yeah. so she's just a little she's a little uh uh uh, shooken shaken (laughs) she's shaken shook (laughs) she's shook
1: i want there to be like a offshoot story for her and it's called shooken (laughs) shooken shooken the marine crawford story
0: it's the sequel to Taken, and it's how you feel while you're taking. you like, I'm definitely shooken while I've been taking. Like
1: Shaken. I, really, I really like chicken. You're just gonna make up a word every episode.
0: I'm the Ringo it's, Star of this podcast. Yeah. I'm just inventing. Someone call,
1: someone call Webster's. We have a new word for them.
0: <laughs> Hi, Webster's. I've been working on a freelance rewrite of your dictionary. And I, I've had <laughs> a couple things I wanted
3: you to add in. Okay. <laughs>
1: so she can't take it anymore she's just like fuck all this there is no god i killed a nun the world is a bad place um i'm gonna kill myself So she's in room one. You don't know she's going to kill herself. She's going to take a shower or bath, whatever. She takes a bath, just like Janet Lee did in Psycho 1. Mm. And Norman gets all decked out in his mother gear with the intention of killing her because...
0: Norman going to Norman. Yeah,
1: Norman's going (laughs) to (laughs) Norman.
0: There's one thing that occurred to me in this movie because Norman dresses up his mother several times in this movie. And each time he dresses up his mother and murders somebody, they basically hide Norman's features. Yes. To, and this was my thought. We're three movies deep into the Psycho series at this point. <laughs> to be, we already knew Norman. Why are we still hiding Norman's face? I think, we're, I think we know what's up. I think we know what's up. Such yeah. a good point.
1: Yes. Um, if you don't know who this is by now, you deserve to be stabbed to death in the shower. <laughs> So, Anthony Perkins gets decked out in his mother finery, and he goes to kill Christina Crawford. He goes in there only to find that she's got a head start, and she has a wrist. She wants to die. Yeah. For real this time, with no nuns, elderly nuns getting in the
0: way. No, no collateral damage this yeah. time.
1: I would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you pesky nuns. (laughs) What kills me too about um, that
2: point is, so he discovers her, that's our big surprise, but she mm. looks at him and-
0: Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's- (laughs)
2: The Virgin Mary.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's lost so much blood at that point that she's sort of like starting to wooze out and hallucinate a little bit. Like yeah. she looks up to see, you know, we're, we're seeing Norman as mother and then the image of the Mother Mary. <laughs> oh
3: appears.
2: To us. Where this movie's already been operating on a slightly level of hysteria, it now takes the exit <laughs> ramp into full-blown batshit nuts. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> and you know full. what,
1: Ray? Yeah. I am there for that ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. Buckle up. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like I, I i don't wanna psychologically profile the man too much, but one does get the feeling that Tony was working a few things out in this particular movie. But that's neither here yeah. nor there. <laughs>
1: so at this point, Norman Bates's psyche like kicks back in and is just like, Holy shit, this girl's killing herself. Let's call an ambulance. So she ends up in the hospital and he's viewed as the hero of the day well in the meantime
2: Dwayne Duke Duke Dwayne (laughs) Fahey whatever his name is he goes to a bar in town which is Sierra Madre in California which is kind of cool and he meets the reporter in the bar and the reporter yeah. basically tells him Because who he's Norman hitting is. on her. Right, yeah. He's yeah. hitting on her in his he, very smooth yeah, Dwayne du- 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 way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they don't meet in a logical sense that like, oh, let's see what sort of work we could do together. That comes later. Yeah. yeah. They meet just, because he hits on her, which is so weird to me because, I don't know, she looks like a... <laughs> She middle looks like his mom. mother. Sorry, yes. middle aged. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, middle aged. Yeah. I like how do I phrase this lightly? And, you know, for the record, if anyone wants to come at me about like middle aged moms can get hit on too, for full disclosure, I'm 41. I don't have kids, <laughs> but I am in prime middle aged mom territory here. If I'd played my cards differently, I would be a middle aged mom. I fully don't expect to ever go to a bar and have somebody half my age hit on me. If I did, I would be like, like you need glasses because I could be your teenage mom.
0: Donna, I, I like that your self image is apparently like your Dame <laughs> Judy Dench or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm also going to say though, I think we're also being a little generous in saying that Jeff Fahey looks like a young up from his bootstraps.
2: Uh, again, on film, to no, me, Oh yeah, he reads, he yeah, reads, about he reads old.
1: Yeah, he reads old too. But like, he's not buttoned up like her. There's like, another
2: piece she, that isn't that important in the moment, but becomes a little important later when mm-hmm. she rejects him. He picks up some mm-hmm. local bar girl.
0: Now, speaking of things that we are, are not allowed to say, like Donna, I need your call on this one. Is it okay to call that character a bar skank? Is that was that bad? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, I would maybe call her, a, I'd call her a good time Sally.
0: She's a good time Sally. I'm going <laughs> to cut out the part about a She's <laughs> quite a good time Sally. Leave
1: it in. Yes. Leave it in. Leave it
0: in. I just don't want to get lit up on Twitter for skank shaming.
1: <laughs> her character name is Red. Red? Oh. So, yeah, it's him and good time Sally go home <laughs> together. And let me tell you what follows is the most 80s. Oh <laughs> Of 80 (laughs) sex scenes ever. Uh, uh, Yeah, how,
0: let's set the scene here.
1: First of all, the room is covered, and it's not covered in naked lady posters. They are like silhouette cutouts from magazines of naked women. He took the time to flip through a magazine and take a pair of scissors and just cut out the naked ladies from the background and post them all over his room to the point that I was like, there's a lot of Buffalo Bill vibes going on here. Are you gonna make a skin suit out of
2: her? (laughs) I also thought it was weird that he's had the job and has lived in the motel for about six hours and he's already (laughs) cut out all those pictures and pasted them all over the wall.
1: Ray, you got to make a house a home. Okay?
0: <laughs> That's true, guys. I believe the term is he's nesting. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> And I, he's I think
1: like, let's get some color up on these white walls.
0: Because <laughs> you're right, it turns into wallpaper. It's not just like let me yes. put up my four cutouts of naked ladies. It's like it's all over or the place. Or like my naked yeah.
1: lady calendar, or yeah. like my naked lady on a hot rod poster. What, what if packy That would have made some sense. The fact <laughs> that he like went through these magazines and like cut out the naked woman bodies and put them up, I was. Just just like this is some fucking serial killer vibe what you're saying is that norman
0: isn't the only psycho exactly uh, i'm uh, just like
1: how many psychos are living in this abandoned motel
0: psycho 3 doesn't actually refer to the film (laughs) it's the amount of of psychos that are in the movie maybe he sends a lot of ransom notes on the side so he's like cutting out big letters and he's like well i already cut out all the letters may as well (laughs) cut out all the ladies now yeah yeah but the
1: sex scene is so weird i don't understand what's going on there's like a sexy dance and some colored lights at one point Fahey has like two lamps in front of yeah. his peen and he's yeah. like moving them around. Well, it's like a it's, it's like it's spotlight coming out of his crotch. It's too much.
0: He's also sitting bare ass naked on hotel furniture, by the way. <laughs> oh, I is, know. It's uh, So gross. I oh, the, oh, I had a note written down for this because there's some music playing. It's it, like
1: sexy saxophone music. It is
0: very sexy saxophone, but as far as I could tell, it wasn't even real sax. It was synthesizer sax.
1: Even better. And
0: so here's the sentence I had written in my notes. Sax is not sexy. Synth sax is even less so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And what's going on also, it's kind of awkward, but they keep intercutting all of that with Norman and the nun in the hospital. And she's in that hospital that only exists in movies, a (laughs) Catholic hospital, all staffed by nuns. Yes. Like that may have been a thing 120 years ago. (laughs) I guarantee you that was not a thing in 1986. But there's one actually really funny line. The nun wakes up, uh, Maureen, and she says, I'm sorry I made a mess out of your bathroom. And Norman says, that's okay. (laughs) I've seen it. Worse, <laughs> I think it's, it's really good,
3: actually.
0: But basically, like, you're right she wakes up in the hospital. In the only bed in the hospital, by the way, <laughs> yes. there's no
2: other bed in the hospital.
0: It's also one of those hospitals that doesn't turn any lights on. Right, uh, it's like pitch black. Yeah, <laughs> the,
2: uh, the hospital of Saint Creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> our lady of perpetual power outage and uh,
2: they also have a priest who is also a psychiatrist who is yeah. again incredibly unsympathetic to this woman who just to, to <laughs> no one has any was. sympathy
1: for her Yeah, no one. Does. trying to kill herself like the second time around too <laughs> clearly this woman is psychologically distressed yeah. can somebody please fucking help her
0: and it's great because in contrast everybody has sympathy for norman they're all like norman hacked <laughs> up that lady and it was like
1: that was 20 years ago <laughs> well, yeah and they're like he deserves a second chance. Oh, yeah. Nobody's got this driven. fucking nun slut yeah. who can't stop <laughs> killing herself. You're a woman, so you're a slut. Yeah. Fuck her.
2: <laughs> There's a plot development that's both weird and like. Norman's trying to be her friend and she's appreciating that he saved her life because everyone says, oh, Norman saved her life because he went in to deliver right. fresh towels or something. They, of course, leave out that he <laughs> went in to hack her to death with a large carving knife. Yeah. Hey, in
0: his defense, he was dressed as his dead mother, so I don't really know what
2: to do. <laughs> But the moment that I think actually is pretty good, basically the plot point is Norman invites her to come live at the motel while she recovers so she can get her right. life back together.
1: F- O- FOC, C. yes,
2: free of charge free um, of charge <laughs> um,
1: that's like the 80s LOL <laughs> IRL
2: oh, he's trying to tell her that way if she comes and lives there he can look out for her and people should look out for one another because if people looked out for one another maybe they wouldn't do some of the desperate things they do and right. it's as close as you get to a really good character moment for Norman which is, if only my mother had looked out for me and not, <laughs> right. you know wanted to have sex with me or whatever it is Mrs. Bates <laughs> did to him, and and it's actually it's a no. really good moment in a movie that is so friggin over the top. It's actually a really nice <laughs> yes. not over the top moment. So and then they do one very clever oh. directorial thing. Norman leaves her in the in the hospital room to get some rest, and he walks out of the hospital room into Mother's bedroom. Like they built the yes. set, yeah. or whatever. And then Mother, of course, is like, "I don't like that woman." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> I don't like cool.
1: that woman because she's a woman. Yeah. But she's a slut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when he gets back to the house, this is when mother takes over again and good time Sally has been kicked out of the room <laughs> by Fahey because she wanted to cuddle and talk after sex. Right. This enraged him. Yeah. So he literally picked her up and threw her out of the room with, with no clothes on. her underwear. On yeah.
0: It. And she's like banging on the door being like, "Give me
2: my clothes back." Yeah.
1: So he gives her clothes back and she has some money to go call a cab. She goes to call a cab. And in this strange object, no one knows outside. what it is
2: anymore. It's a phone booth. Oh, you're oh in yeah, and in
1: in what is a, a pay phone? Pay phone.
2: Right.
1: All the millennials are like, "Why is she in that urinal, like, <laughs> like talking to herself?" They're all like, why, "Why is
0: Bill and Ted's spaceship here?" I don't understand. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
1: You know, I really wish that I could remember the last time I used a pay phone, just because it was like such an end of an era that I was experiencing and not being aware of like I wish I could remember what the last phone call was just for like documentation.
0: I'm assuming mine would have been in some sort of a Grand Central situation or something like that. I
1: remember one of the last phone calls (laughs) I got dumped by this guy Oh and and I was living with like a bunch of roommates Mm -hmm. and I wanted to call my brother because I was really upset and I was just like I don't want (laughs) to talk in front of all of my roommates (laughs) on our shared (laughs) landline. (laughs) So I like walked down the street to a pay phone and called my brother. It was like, Wah. but that wasn't I don't think that was my last call.
0: You mean you didn't want to do it 19th century style and send Pat a letter being like, "My dearest Pat, I've been broken up yeah. with by." Stop.
1: <laughs> stop, stop. Pat, stop. <laughs> I've been dumped. Stop.
0: He told me he wants the relationship to stop stop stop
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then um good time sally goes into the phone booth mother well, shows-
2: actually before that and this is makes me laugh too she's thrown out of the room topless and puts on her sweater t-shirt thing whatever you call that yeah then gets in the phone booth and realizes that she has it on Inside Out. So she has to take (laughs) it off again (laughs) and get topless again (laughs) and then put it on.
1: How many booby shots do (laughs) you get?
2: Well, this movie, one of the problems they had with it was that when they finished it, Universal wanted more slasher movie stuff in it. So Good Time Sally, I don't think she actually got killed in the movie originally. That was a reshoot. Oh,
1: was it a reshoot? To to add more Uh,
2: And more blood because he gets really bloody killed.
1: Yeah, I mean, not only is she stabbed to death yeah. by mother, but then also all the glass and the yes. booth shatters. Yeah. So then it's like she's getting like cut up by that glass too. And then she's just like covered in blood and glass.
0: Yeah, I have to say watching this movie, especially in contrast to Psycho 2, I was thinking, I was like, this had a very studio mandate vibe to it. Yeah. And this one really seemed like they wanted to up it to be much more of a traditional slasher movie. So They're does-
1: like, look, do you know what year this is? <laughs> this is 1980 fucking sick i want more boobs and more blood and maybe a little bit more shoulder pads but we'll revisit (laughs) that later let's just tackle the boobs and the blood first yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) it's a much more violent movie than psycho 2 and it's a much sleazier movie than
1: oh totally
0: yeah it's a way trashier movie than than psycho 2 for sure Yeah. yeah
2: yeah
1: So then the next morning, or what at least seems like the next morning... This
2: all happens, by the way, um, in a day. You're right. She killed the nun, yeah. like, the morning of this day. <laughs> <laughs> or the morning of the day before, well, let me put it that way. Yeah, so...
0: It's movie time. It's movie, it, happen, it takes place in movie time.
1: Yeah, the timeline in there is really weird, because what really seems like it's the next day... Maureen comes home, back to the hotel. She doesn't have any bandages on her wrists. Oh, she doesn't. No, she got huh. here? no bandages
0: around her wrist. Oh, um, they they gave her antibiotics. Probably and took care of it. <laughs> They, rub,
1: <laughs> they rubbed baby stem cells all over. It, everything. Um, and then they decide that night that her and Norman are going to go out on a date.
0: Yeah, they go out on a to date. To
1: what really feels like a retirement community
2: <laughs> <laughs> to me. Also, before so- they go out on the date, Mother expresses her disapproval that Norman is going out on a right, date. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's important. I
1: don't understand that whole dynamic like no one will ever be as good for you as mother do you want your son to just be alone for the rest of his life and masturbate to like pictures of you like i don't understand what's your end goal
2: i want to say no but i yeah i worry that's kind of the point the subtitle i gave to this movie when i first saw it this is the movie that tells you all the stuff about norman you could probably guess but you really don't need to see (laughs) basically mother's like nope you need to do me Yeah 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 yeah, and i'm like yeah "Yeah, i don't want to know
1: about that yeah
0: yeah it's a movie where this Subtext has just become text. Oh God, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: like, like mother. What's your end game here?
0: that's Norman the uh, yes. we're, 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 I mean, the only thing this movie was missing was literal necrophilia. It was really no, and it, it, it hasn't. Like oh shit, this you're movie. right. There is there's a, sm- a smidge of necrophilia in the movie. Oh God, you're right. I forgot about that. Just a,
1: just a dash of necrophilia. necrophilia. You, know, was... you,
0: you don't want to make a meal out of necrophilia. You, you yeah. just want you just, just
1: snack. A little snack. Just necrophilia a snack. Snacrophilia. Snacrophilia. <laughs> oh, <Good help. God. laughs> So they um, so they have their dinner date at Shady Pines. <gasps> they are the youngest people there by like 40 years. He's like, I know this cafeteria in this nursing home that makes really delicious bolognese. <laughs>
0: Let's go. They boil it <laughs> they, for a long time so it's easier to chew that way.
1: They, they puree your food and then bring it out to you.
0: <laughs> they, they serve every meal as a smoothie. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They put the wine in the bolognese, in the blender, <laughs> and there you go.
0: Would you like your blood pressure medicine crushed <laughs> and mixed in as well, uh, <laughs> and 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 i kept waiting for this to pay off but there's a really funny shot where they cut to the piano player in yes. the sort of restaurant he like nods at them. and he's very yeah he's very it was like one of those weird cutaway shots in an adam sandler movie where yeah. they cut away to like some creepy guy just being a creep yeah he's all disheveled and he just he kind of like looks over him he's like yeah he and he kind
1: like a white haired version of that crazy weather dude from the today show oh, uh, oh oh no not the weather dude the the film critic What was that oh, oh gene
3: shallot <laughs> yes.
1: he looks like gene shallot with white hair this shot was so unnecessary i don't know why this is happening. it would
0: have been awesome if it really was gene shallot and he was reviewing the movie so far and he's like <laughs> psycho 3 more like dinner for two or something oh my
1: god he's like i got invited on set to write a live critique of it and so far i'm not digging it
0: he's like norman bates takes a stab at romance in psycho 3 oh
1: my god yeah,
2: that's, yes. that's about a Jean shallot headline. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: fair. Um, after that, they head back to the hotel, and um, they end up having, like, a cuddle sesh.
2: Yeah, they sort of attempt to have sex. And I, it just
1: doesn't work out N- between Norman, two people who are, like... Norman can't
2: do it because he's got mother in his head. So. Yeah,
1: so she's just like, okay, let's just cuddle because I don't really know what I'm doing either. I'm fresh <laughs> out of the nunnery. Like, I'm so warm. I have that nunnery. Smell! I smell like Frank and, <laughs> a fence and myrrh.
0: She's a little out of the habit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was done in. Give G- me credit. That was done in. That was, G- G- was, G- was G- a very good, good. G- G- go. challenge. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they fall asleep in each other's arms, but then Norman sneaks out in the middle of the night to commit another murder.
2: Well, yeah. also, we should oh. point out that there's a some kind of homecoming sports <laughs> thing. And so people have come to yeah. the motel to have a big party, even though they all live in town.
0: The setup is something like Norman says to Faye here in the movie. like, you know, the big high school game yeah. is this weekend. He's like, all right. Sure all th-
1: high school because everybody looks like they're 40. Well, that,
0: that the, I guess that's the homecoming thing is you bring alumni back for the homecoming. But that's why I was confused um. because since Psycho 3 is trying so hard to be a slasher movie, I was like, here comes the teenagers doing yeah. drugs and having sex. And then a bunch of people with graying temples show up. <laughs> and, but they're running around like teenagers. So, like, they're all old, but, like, getting drunk and, I think, doing donuts in the in the, in, in the Yeah. So, Norman and Maureen come back from their date.
1: They have the spoon sesh. Norman leaves in the middle of the night because the urge to kill is just too great. Rising.
2: Yes. Well, actually, he gets horny, so he goes up to tell mom. And mom gets real <laughs> mad at him and says, you're <laughs> to kill
3: so gross. <laughs>
0: That's- mom,
1: right. there's something weird happening in my pants. Right. What is
0: it's- it? That's not what mother meant by stabbing her. Yeah, no! that's oh awful. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, I lost my Jean shallot voice that turned into
3: you know, like a weird
2: Brooklyn guy voice. Oh, the oh, the line that's funny is like he's like mother, I you know I don't know whatever he's saying to her, and she says you should just get rid of her, and he says I can't do that. I like her then maybe I will. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then that leads to one of the least dignified killings I've ever seen in my life. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Um,
0: Well, give us the setup.
1: So basically, this party of drunk 50-year-olds is happening and all the hotel celebrating it. And there's one woman there. I don't know what her character name is, but her real life name is Kat. And Kat seems to be the only person who's not inebriated. And she needs to use the bathroom. But the bathroom in all the rooms they've rented out, all the bathrooms are occupied. I was going to say,
2: there's no bathrooms apparently in any of the the motel rooms.
1: Everybody has to go pee in the swamp on top of the dead (laughs) bodies. So she lets herself into the office she starts to use the bathroom and she's actually, she pulls her pants down and sits on the toilet and first of all I'm glad that her character reacted to this because she didn't pull the lid down at first and when I saw her about to sit down on the toilet without the lid being pulled down I yelled no because as a woman I can't think of anything more disgusting than putting my butt on like the male pee rim of the toilet and then she sat on it and was like ah and I was like good I'm glad that we are on the same page Chat. that is gross and she puts the lid back down and starts peeing and the thing that I really enjoyed about this scene is that there was a folly artist that added the pee sound to the scene so she's peeing and while she's peeing mother walks in and she doesn't seem to think this is weird she's just like oh old lady standing above me she's just like can I get a little privacy yeah she um, she's says
0: something like hey sister can I get a little privacy and I'm like you know that's just a guy in a freight yeah.
1: way. I'm like maybe You're not as sober as I thought you were. Um, and then she's murdered. She's murdered on the toilet.
0: Mother slash Norman slices her throat open. Yeah. And she bleeds out. In um, a pretty 80s out.
2: makeup effect, slicing throat open. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. What's the classic thing? It's like where you do the makeup job and you just tell the actor to throw their head back and that's yeah. when it pops the yep. fake throat open. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so she dies and.
2: He it's does like... the psycho scene.
1: Yeah. He says blood. Yeah, well, he, he puts a hand over his mouth. It's like a repeat Yeah. Line. He looks
2: shocked right. and then, yep. no, mother, blood. You know, basically. Yeah. He we're back to Psycho now, as well.
1: Yeah, it's an exact like hat tip to the original Psycho. Uh, you think at this
0: point completely. that Norman wouldn't be that shocked that like people keep dying? at, like even psychological. Even if, it, <laughs>
1: even if it was like his mother doing it, like for real, right? You would think he'd just be like, Ugh, another day, another dead body. <laughs> yeah. So she dies on a toilet. She dies on the toilet. <laughs> so she dies on a toilet. Dead
0: on a toilet. And they so actually Andrew do-
1: wore- <laughs> <laughs>
0: So So um, he collects her and then takes her out
1: and puts her in the ice cooler.
0: Well, before he puts her in the ice cooler, like the 55-year-old teenagers are running around outside and he sees them coming. So he kind of pushes her dead body against the wall and sort of tries to make it look like he's making out with her or something. uh One of the guys runs by and he's like, looks like somebody's getting some and then like runs away. Yeah, yeah.
2: So he puts her body in the ice ice cooler. It's
0: it's not like he has massive tracts of land behind his house or anything.
1: So while all of this has been happening, Let's check back in with the reporter. All right. The reporter is still doing a lot of like investigative digging.
2: For, this is weird, though. The, the reporter was investigating serial killers who got released twenty years <laughs> later, and do they feel guilty about their crimes or whatever it was? Now all of a sudden, <laughs> and now she's investigating the disappearance of Mrs. Spool. In case we forgot, Mrs. Spool, you know, the waitress from the last movie who said she was Norman's real mother. Yeah,
1: it's like all of a sudden Spool has become like the focus of her curiosity. And and she's gone to the point where she's actually like somehow convinced Spool's landlord to let her into the apartment yeah. to
0: snoop around. I had a funny thing I noticed in that scene that made me laugh. She's looking around. And one of the things that the reporter picks up to look at is this magazine. And for whatever reason, the magazine cover is a picture of, is it a picture of Janet Lee's murdered head from Psycho One, or it's a picture that looks like that? Really? Oh, I did not noticed that. It's just a really, weird shot. And I was so confused by it that I wrote in my notes, I go, did Mrs. Spool subscribe to Murdered in a Shower? A Month? I was like, I was kidding.
3: Yeah, I didn't understand. that. It's very bizarre. But yeah. They
2: yeah. also do a thing in That's that so scene funny. that drives me nuts in movies. First of all, it's Mrs. Spool's apartment. So she has a giant mm-hmm. framed picture of Mrs. Spool in her apartment. <laughs> yes! <Okay>. Yes! <laughs> like, she, yes! And it's of and course oh. not really a picture. It's a still from the previous movie. Yes. Like, I do not yes. know why movie set decorators. Yes. Yes. Will not go out and just take a it's picture so... of the person. Why they I always do I'm like, that. first of all, yeah.
1: why would you, why do you have a framed picture? I noticed this too. I mean, I have two yes. framed photos of myself in my apartment. but They are with my husband right. and from my wedding day. <laughs> right, right. So one, I do not and cannot ever imagine a world where I will take a photo of myself and be like, hmm, this needs a frame and this needs to be out. But if for some reason I did, it would not be some like Randall fucking like <laughs> candid photo of me being like oh this is me after I went to Shady Pines and had that delicious bullies milkshake mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. I uh Donna this, this is a joke just for me and Ray but Ray it reminded me of the awkwardly placed Roy Scheider headshot in Jaws Boy. <laughs> 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 yeah. clearly kind of like hey what do we have the legal right to use yeah. in this movie? oh yeah. this, this picture or my favorite
2: <laughs> yeah. is when they do that is in Godfather 3 where <laughs> Al Pacino has a picture oh, the- of his brother right yeah, before yeah. he had his brother whacked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're like,
2: you're like just, just in case you wanted to remember that nice day where we had him go fishing and then shot him in the head. And you know what's even great is the
0: implication there, Ray, would be that Al Neary is the one who took that picture. Right. Of, of exactly. exactly, exactly.
1: So then the next day when the group of rowdy world's oldest teenagers are trying to pack it up and leave, they realize their friend's missing, they call the cops. These are the world's laziest cops. Yes. During, like, I remember there was one scene in Psycho 2. They like they tell the police, they're like, oh, we saw a woman in the window. And the cop walks in the room, and all he did was look under the bed. Yeah. And he goes, No one's in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's
0: that. If we buy that it's only one month between Psycho 2 and Psycho 3, if you add it all up, a lot of fucking people have died at the Bates Motel <laughs> since Norman got
2: released a week earlier.
1: I'm also shocked that no one thinks to check the swamp. Check the swamp. You found dead bodies there. Before you're going to find them again, check the swamp.
2: They do a weird thing in the beginning of the movie where they go to Norman. You first see Norman again, they show you a couple of these things. One of them is in Psycho Two, these teenagers sneak into the basement of Mother's house. Yeah,
1: you see the hand right to have on sex. The yeah,
2: and then the, the sheriff later says, Well, we didn't find any bodies in the house. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but there's a bloody streak on the window, and, and yeah. in Psycho Three, the bloody streak is still there a month later. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, nothing raised your guy. You know, you didn't find a body, but I don't know. There's a bloody handprint.
0: I mean, they did cast a guy to play the sheriff who looked like he gave up giving a shit a long, 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 long time ago. In a way, at least there's a visual uh, something there, but yeah.
1: So the cops show up and the, of course the reporter who's like fucking Ouija just shows up <laughs> too. Like, I don't know how you always get your hot tips, but here you are again. <laughs> and they can't find the woman and this part. So, this also just really grossed me out it's like the weirdest little things gross me out I don't get grossed out by a lot of gore and guts but what grossed me out was the fact that he was eating like blood ice <laughs> <a> closing <laughs> body that is shoved in the cooler and I was just like ew! I'm like do humans have salmonella because if we do then you've got it
0: I didn't understand how he didn't taste the iron of the blood when he like I
1: also don't understand how he didn't see like the girl's like head and hamstick <laughs> like I mean it was pretty obvious so- So the reporter is just like, Norman did it. I don't understand how you don't understand. It's pretty obvious Norman did it. So she convinces the cops to go into the house and search the house. And Norman's freaked out because he's just like, they're going to find mother. Yeah. One
2: point before, though, um, they want to know where Norman was the night before. And the nun says he was with me until six o'clock in the morning. So she lies for him. And that gets the sheriff and the reporter to back off. But at the same time, the reporter's driving the nun to some priest's house or something like she's leaving Norman because now she knows because the reporter filled her in on Norman's history. Yes. So the
1: reporter fills her in while the cops are searching the house. Right. So the cops go to look, search the house to Norman's freaked out because he thinks that they're going to find mother. The cops are on the stairs. Mother's gone. And in the meantime, the reporter tells the nun everything. Yeah. Which I mean, this is not the first time that someone has been given the skinny on Norman to the point where I'm just like, how do you just like not fucking know this? <laughs> That's kind of a big story. <laughs> So while they're checking the house, mother's gone. The nun gets filled in. The cops and uh, Norman Bates come out there and the nun's leaving. She's just like, fuck this. I'm out of here. I know everything about you. I'm going to go stay with Father Brian. They leave. Norman is sweating balls. because He's just like, where's my mom? Goes in to the office, finds a note that says, are you looking for your mom? Check cabin 12 goes to cabin 12 it's our fucking friend duke yep and duke has kidnapped mama's dead body
0: and Duke in this scene is there's off
1: a, the fucking rails, yeah. man. There's
0: a part of me that wonders he's if, sweating. I mean, he's like he's, he's sweating, like drenched
1: in sweat. And he's, I'm and like are crazed. you high?
0: There's a weird part of me that wonders if some sort of connective part got cut out or something because he's like crazed and manic in a way that we hadn't actually seen him before.
2: And like, yeah, like I mean, literally we all two know, minutes know that before, Duke is a
1: dick. Yeah, he yeah.
2: was relaxed. Yeah. And now he's like naked yeah. on top yeah. of his television set, rolling yeah. his eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This movie did have a lot of recutting before they would allow it because it was supposed to, I forget when it was supposed to come out, but it didn't come out for like eight months after it was supposed to. I know all this stuff in the beginning was moved around like I think there was supposed to be time between the nun killing the Mother uh, Superior and leaving and there was supposed to be cuts to Norman and all of it was rearranged so a lot got cut out of this I'm pretty this
0: sure. This is jumping a little ahead but I did notice when the nun goes back to Norman's house she was very clearly wearing a wig like yeah. of her hair so like that totally hit me as clearly this was a reshoot of yeah. something so yeah. I just but anyway so I don't want to jump ahead too far that so
1: yeah so norman walks in on duke who has taken his mother's body hostage and basically duke is just like yo i found i uncovered your like pretty banana secret i'll give you your mom's body back but in turn you gotta pay me a hefty sum of money if one you want her body back and two you want me to keep my mouth shut about this and norman bates is just like no (laughs) I'm not going to do that. And I'm also going to take your precious fucking guitar and beat your brains out with
3: it.
2: (laughs) He
1: also, while he's getting beat by his guitar, is like, don't touch the guitar.
2: (laughs) Also, like, Norman's beating him with the guitar. Norman stops to look at pictures of naked girls. There's there's a Looney Tunes cartoon on the television with funny cartoon noises. Like, I don't know what Tony was smoking, but there's something in this scene that's off the May- wall. <laughs> yeah.
0: I would like to point out one detail that is a moment I loved is when Norman's trying to figure out how he's gonna stop Jeff Fahey. they do a quick shot over at Mother's corpse and her fingers pointing over where, <laughs> where to wear his guitar, is. Yeah, she's yeah. guitar. She's pointing at the guitar. She's pointing at a guitar. Yes, I forgot about that. It's just like what am I gonna do? Mother will grab that yeah. guitar. And, and what I wrote down in my what I wrote down in my notes was I said, This is as close as this movie crosses over into weekend of Bernie's territory. <laughs> (laughs)
2: Mother gets around in this movie. She sits up sometimes. She points her finger. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, we think at this moment that Duke is possibly dead, but it turns out he's not. So again, we're back at ye old swamp where Anthony Perkins hides all of his dirty secrets that aren't so secret. He's about to throw Duke. Uh, well, he takes
2: he puts Duke's think... body in the, in his car to take it to the swamp, and then he decides to get Ice Girl out of the cooler. But this is where, as Norman is putting Ice Girl's body in the trunk, he stops to kiss her, and that's yeah. when I thought back in '86, <laughs> to now this is the movie that's making Norman subtext text, and I don't want to see it.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. Right before he kisses her, yeah. she's wedged in the ice machine. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes, and the the only way he can get her out of the ice machine. Is he basically has to snap her arm in half right. to get the whole body to move. I mean, which was also- gross enough. <laughs> and
2: then he kisses it. So he drives the two bodies to the swamp, and on the way, we find out Dwayne is not dead. He's wrapped in plastic and he <laughs> tries to strangle Norman. <laughs> and they fight as the car crashes into the swamp and sinks and then Norman yeah. gets out.
1: Norman. And what I also thought was weird in this scene, too, is Norman does get out of the car. And he's trying to swim his way to the top of the swamp. And then he bumps into red. Good time, Sally. He Swims past her body. He sees her body. He starts screaming. I'm like, yo, you killed her. <laughs> yeah, she's here. You put her there. Like, I don't know why you're, like, so surprised. Also, she hasn't decomposed. She, she, uh, she she's just in the like Patsy
2: a- Kensit shot from Lethal Weapon too. She got Patsy <laughs> in. Uh, yeah, yeah got- <laughs> Totally Patsy kensett
0: At least Norman was nice enough to put her clothes back on when he dumped her in the swamp. (laughs) That is true. That is
3: true.
1: That is the sign of a true gentleman. He's a gentleman.
0: You know, mother's tough, but Norman's a gentleman.
1: (laughs) So he has officially killed Duke. Duke is dead and gone. He's in the water. Also, while this is happening, we're cutting back to the reporter again. The reporter is really trying to uncover what the fuck happened to Emma Spool. So, of course, what any good reporter would think would be a credible source, she goes to talk to Spool's former employer who is in an assisted living home with full-blown Alzheimer's. (laughs) But apparently, he does end up giving you some information that is important. It turns out that Emma Spool was also bananas. Yes. Yeah. She, we find out, is not the biological mother of Norman Bates. They, so- they solve out- your psycho
0: 2 problem, Donna. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Turns out Norma Bates is actually Norman Bates' mom. Turns out that Emma Spool was in love with Norman Bates' father and that he didn't love her back he loved emma's sister norma norma and him get married they have a child emma freaks the fuck out she kills norman bates's father and kidnaps norman bates because she in her crazy head thinks that this was the child that me and mr bates were supposed to have together so i'm just going to take him So eventually she's caught, she gets institutionalized for whatever period of time for murdering Norman Bates's dad and Norman is returned to Norma. So this is all the shit the reporter finds out from the Alzheimer's patient in the assisted care living facility. This is another part that I'm just like, I don't understand what's happening here. She goes and fax checks it and finds all these newspaper articles about this situation, which led me to write in all capital letters... <laughs> How does nobody fucking know about Norman's past? (laughs) (laughs) It's all public record. All you have to do is go look at the microfiche. Yeah,
0: but in those days you had to go all the way down the library to look at the microfiche machines. (laughs) And
1: load up the microfiche machine. Yeah,
0: those things are a pain in the ass.
1: No one one
2: knows how to run those things things (laughs)
1: anymore. Fast forward goes too fast. Try and go slow and you can't and you skip your article. I feel like this shit should have just all been on the table right right from the get-go. I was
0: also wondering, too, if there was a little bit of reshoot action tied to this chunk of the movie, too. like Because when the reporter does eventually confront Norman, she monologues quite a bit. It felt a little like I, we're dancing as fast as we can kind of a thing just to get information.
2: Well, there's also huge plot twist missing. The nun leaves hmm. because the reporter tells her what Norman really is. And then the nun, the next time we see her, she tells the priest she's staying with, I'm going back to Norman and it's like well wait what right. made you change your mind and we have no idea what made her change him. her mind
1: uh, Ray the power of that love that is true take a moment and I want you to think about that I want to sink in that the power of love is the most powerful thing that there is, that God, is. Uh, God
0: may not exist but love does and, uh, <laughs> 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 you don't need no credit card or that, right?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah Christina Crawford for just coming to this like organic realization of, you know what? I love him. I don't care that he like dresses up (laughs) like his mom and kills people. I'm going back to him. So she goes back to the house and Anthony Perkins is fresh off of driving this car into the swamp. Doesn't she ask him what happened to you? Because he's like super dirty. He says, Please. I
2: slipped in the mud. He's just like, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I slipped
1: <laughs> I slipped. I slipped by putting two dead bodies into the swamp with the third body that I killed earlier today what happens after this is for some reason, I guess he, he doesn't have he can't be bothered to come down and meet her at the door like she runs up to Well the she goes
2: the back to not. the motel before he gets back from dumping the bodies she <laughs> takes a room, she basically takes off all of her clothes and puts herself in a robe and then takes off her crucifix like she's going to have Norman right. now so she goes <laughs> up to the house to get him and that's what. I don't
3: remember yeah, that. And, but, but
2: as Andrew points out she pauses <laughs> wow. somewhere along the line to put on a wig that looks nothing <laughs> like the hair she had in earlier scenes. Not quite Margot yes. Kidder's Superman too bad wig, but no, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah! That
3: is the
1: wig to end all wigs.
3: Oh,
2: Andrew and I can go on for hours about oh,
3: that wig. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she runs back into the house and she's like at the top of the stairs and she's telling him that she loves him and he's like i love you too and then all of a sudden we hear mother or at least uh, norman, norman here's mother. Mother, yeah. mother yell from the room norman <laughs> and he is standing on the edge of the staircase with Christina Crawford. Norman here's mother yelled, Norman! And he lets go of Christina's hand. And she wasn't really securely standing on the top stairs. So she falls down the stairs.
2: The weird thing here is she falls down the stairs in a repeat of the Martin Balsam shot in Psycho. But the geography is she falls down the stairs (laughs) and then is impaled and it's a good touch. She's impaled on the statue of Cupid's arrow. And that's really cool. Yes. Except that the Statue of Cupid is about two hundred feet away from the bottom of the stairs, and instead of falling yes. on it, she goes right. She goes horizontally into it. So <laughs> she seems to have fallen down the stairs, gotten up, and then thrown herself backwards into it, or something. I don't really. The geography of it makes no Usually sense. Usually,
1: when one falls down the stairs, mm-hmm. they turn into like a heap yes. and like snowball their way <laughs> down the stairs. She basically. Just just like float fly it's yeah. her way down the stairs and her head just lands on cupid's arrow
0: my theory is that the bottom step is actually just a spring it's it's kind of like <laughs> it's like a bungee material a kind of. Like, it's like, and she like jumps in and lands right on that yeah
1: So all of this shit happens and the reporter like shows up like not even five minutes later. So she shows up. I don't even know what she's hoping to accomplish. I'm just like, I don't know why you're here. You're by yourself. All of a sudden she comes into the living room and there's a bajillion candles Mm -hmm. lit. And Christina Crawford's dead body is laid out. And I was like, wow, that was fucking fast. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, you're dead now. I'll put you on the couch and light all these candles. And okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at the nun and is just like, you stupid, naive girl. <laughs> And I'm like, why does everyone keep giving this poor woman a fucking hard time?
0: She's like, I'm dead. Can I get a minute of a fucking piece?
1: And I just get a second of sympathy. Can someone just be nice to me for one fucking second? <laughs> and then this is when Nor- Norman shows up. And Norman up,
2: shows yeah. up in full mother drag, and they show him yeah. in the suit, and that's when you realize why they never actually show him before, because he looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, like- yeah.
0: And then so she starts monologuing to sort of Yes,
1: this is when yeah. <laughs> we get the full story about everything she found on the microfiche. She just starts verbal vomiting. Yeah, this is like a classic movie move, like how the killer is moving really slow, so mm-hmm. it gives their victim time to like vomit, like all the information us as the viewer needs to know. Where in real life, you would be dead
0: right now. Yes. But it gives us the great moment where um and again, yeah, I'm not saying this facetiously, this is this genuinely is hilarious and makes me laugh. The reporter is walking backwards up the staircase, monologuing, and she's sort of all over the place and her hand hits one of the paintings hanging on the on the wall. Yeah, it. Askew. yeah, and then yeah. and then you see Norman as he's walking, he does without even breaking his stride, he just reaches out and straightens the picture. And and it's a great mo I laugh. Love,
1: love that. That's yeah.
0: Not even kidding or making fun. It is a genuinely hilarious little grace snow. It moment. just
1: shows his like love for that house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like-
0: So um, so the reporter, I I guess, backs up directly into Mother's room where the accusatory corpse of Mother is held. And Norman has his knife and all signs and indicators are that Norman is going to kill the reporter. And I will say, too, I really, you know, hearkening back to Ray's earlier statement that the idea of this movie was really good, if not quite the execution. I think they actually pay the idea off really well. Yeah, Which is that he then, instead of knifing the reporter, he actually attacks Mother and cuts her head off and stabs her. So the idea that being a Norman is psychologically... Finally, killing mother. Yeah, getting rid of mother.
1: It's like he actually genuinely loved Christina Crawford and was like, I blame you for her. Death. Right,
0: right. And, and that breaks the psychological hold that the whole mother concept has on him. And had they managed to make the movie of the premise rather than the movie they made, I actually think that was a very cool ending.
2: Like, I think the basic story, you know, which is Norman falls in love, and if it hadn't been like a crazy nun who tried to commit suicide, suicide you know like <laughs> right. he falls in love and it's the most healthy love he's ever had and mother gets in the way and norman's had enough and it's norman versus mother that's a great pitch Th- yeah. i guarantee you that was the pitch for this movie but i don't think they expected anthony to take it over the top,
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, as yeah.
2: crazy as he did. <laughs> the last line is great. The, the sheriff says something like, Norman, they're going to lock you away forever this time. And he goes, yeah, but now I'm free. That would have been yeah. the perfect ending to the entire series, except studio executives got a studio executive. So
1: the way the movie ends is he stabs his mom, I guess I'm assuming this gives uh, the reporter enough time to like run away and call the police <laughs> and the police show up. Norman gets arrested. He gets put in the car. The cop says to him, you're going to be put in the institution and you'll never be released again. And then he, Norman says this line, but I'm finally free. Yeah. And then he has the same look on his face and the same shot angle of his face as the end of the original Psycho where he's in the jail cell or the holding pen and he's got that like creepy smile on his face. So he has a creepy smile on his face again and it would have been a really great ending except he pulls out the severed yeah. hand of his mom and starts petting it. Yeah.
2: The story for that is that the way that the film was shot was Norman, and there's like a weird look on his face after he says the line I'm free. And what was supposed to be is he says the line and he looks up at the window and all you see is finally the empty rocking chair and then they pull away from the house and the studio because this was the mid-80s and every you know they all wanted to do the ending of Carrie all the time where you do like the shock surprise ending and the studio insisted on it so the whole scene where he's in the back of the car and gives the creepy smile and pull out mother's hand that was all a reshoot. And they cut out the shot of the empty rocking chair. And uh, to me, oh, totally ruined the impact of the movie yeah. as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's how I felt. I, yeah. I agree.
2: Because the the other really smart idea I think they had was, let's end this. You know, like, there never should have been a Psycho 2 they did a very clever idea, which is okay. We'll start with a sane Norman, and we'll make him nuts again. So, mm. of course, you can do Psycho Three where he's nuts again, but you got to put an end to it. And they did, right. and then the studio put this stupid ending on it, yeah. and yeah. that was it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I had no idea that that was the yeah. original ending, and I liked that so much more. There's so many hokey moments in this movie, and that was the hokey cherry on the hokey
0: Yeah, it just um, deflates the whole thing. And it's so
2: smacks of studio executive note, as opposed to anything anybody would really ever want to do.
0: Yeah, because the one thing this movie has going for it is, it certainly is a batshit insane movie, and I had fun with that aspect of it, but they could have just gone out on the high, and you would have been like, well, yeah, it wasn't good, but it was batshit, and this is. They just put that total groaner of an ending in. You're yeah. like, ah, oh. like, now I even kind of regret having wasted.
1: I actually did groan out loud when he put that hang out. Well, I actually didn't groan. I ugged. I go, Ugh.
2: Well, I ugged <laughs> I in 1986 when I saw it. I was like, ah, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, All
1: right. So, are we ready?
0: I think we're ready for it, Donna.
1: So, this time we're going to do something a little different. Since there are three of us here, each one of us will get a key takeaway to total up to three key takeaways. (laughs) So, you know, math. I just did math. (laughs) Okay, if I go first? Yes. So, key takeaway number one. This is just some life advice for people out there. If you're a dude, you got on a date, Mm -hmm. don't talk about your mom so much.
0: (laughs) Solid, especially if you're a murderer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or even if you're not. Like, just don't talk about your mom so much. I mean, literally, he brought up his mom for, like... I would say a solid 75% of the majority of the day. And yeah. And like, I realized like this is a horror movie about like you having this like dual persona of being your Mm -hmm. mom. So we really got to tap that, (laughs) but you know, just like life advice moving forward in any situation. Um, No one wants to hear about your mom on a date like that much really creepy. But is there,
0: let me ask you this. Is there any special dispensation though? If you're on a date with a ex nun,
1: I mean, I would think the ex nun wouldn't even want to hear about your
0: mom. Okay, she'd be like...
1: I, I would think that maybe she would have been like, I read a book once <laughs> and it was really weird how he talked about his mom so much.
0: <laughs> I was like, maybe she hears too much of like, I'm like, do they still call the head nuns mother superior or something like that? So I'm like...
1: She- and also like on the flip side of that, if that's where we're going with that, like no one really wants to like hear that much about your nunnery experience <laughs> because that's also like, I don't know. Maybe you might, I mean, maybe you're kinky. Maybe you're into that shit. Like you're like, dude, I'm on a date with like an ex nun. He's like, maybe that's hot talk He's like,
0: I want you to keep the nun outfit on. That kind of a thing?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> that was great. But just regardless of the situation, no one wants to hear about your mom. So
0: what you're saying in this situation, Norman's best play was to let Jean Shallott's piano music do the talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and then do your little like lady in red cheek to cheek Yeah. But yeah, just, you know, really keep that talk about your mom to almost none.
0: That's solid. None. none. Nun. fair and solid advice so um, Ray why don't you take a key takeaway
2: number two I have a takeaway and a bonus takeaway my my key takeaway is if you find out that your boss keeps the dead stuffed body of his mom yeah. in his house, yeah. don't steal it and try to extort money from him. <laughs>
0: right. right? Especially
2: if you care about yes. your guitar.
0: So what you're saying is you're at that point, you're like, you know, I think I'm meddling with things here I don't really fully understand. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I actually, I, I want to point out, Ray, that I actually did make a note about that. <laughs> My note was, why go head to head with a psychic right. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Three (laughs) months. I'm just like do you really want your skin in that game? Or, uh, you know, to lose.
3: <laughs> it's
0: like a Las Vegas, uh, so it's like, listen, the house always wins when it's a crazy guy. Yeah. Cut your losses, you know. And he gave up that chance to rob the cash register earlier. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. downgrade your expectations, hit the cash register, do one last donut for the road in the car and get the hell out of there. That would be
2: my first, that would be yeah, my this, gut instinct, but you know, yeah. you know how it goes.
1: This, this ain't no game you're gonna win, my friend.
0: I would say I would say this, based purely on Fahey's interaction with literally any woman in this film. (laughs) He's clearly not a guy who's that great at reading signals.
1: (laughs) Fahey does not know how to read a Yeah,
0: so that definitely carried over into uh, whether or not it was a good idea to uh, go toe-to-toe with Norman. (laughs) Very
2: solid. What's your bonus? Well, actually, why don't Andrew do his and then I'll do the bonus at the end.
0: Okay, okay. Key takeaway number three, my contribution here. Um, It's not necessarily, it's not really a funny one, but I wanted to take a moment because, you know, again, I knew we are going to be goofing on the outsized parts uh, of this movie, but I will say, I think there were certain moments in this movie where Anthony Perkins did do a good job directorially. A couple of ones I have written down where I thought he did a nice job with Norman's introduction. I like that you saw like the birds come down they take the poison, they fall down, and and then there's that shot where you just sort of see Norman's shadow mm-hmm. creep over the dead birds, and then you do the pan up to Norman. And I thought that was a classy reintroduction to the character for the sequel. Another moment I thought handled very cool was when he and Maureen come back from their date that's when all the 50-year-old teenagers are having a good time and it's <laughs> and it's thundering and lightning out and there's a thing where where Maureen looks up to the house and the and the lightning lights up the sky and illuminates the house and that's where you see mother's corpse sitting in the window Mm -hmm. and i thought Mm -hmm. that was a very spooky image and a successful reveal of that information to maureen so i thought he he handled that well and even though we already talked about it, I thought he framed and played the moment of Mother uh, straightening the picture as he's going up yeah. the stairs. It landed perfectly and was hilarious. So, yeah. you know, while, you know, I think we can take Tony to task for a really outsized uh, a emotional. A little loco Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, I do uh-huh. think he, he nailed a few moments that, that I, I reacted pretty well to. So that's my key takeaway.
3: Nice.
2: <laughs> and my Rick. bonus takeaway is there is yeah. no God. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: yeah. we, have, we have we have the proof we have the
3: verified proof I need a psycho three <laughs>
1: Oh, shit. That was fucking golden. I feel like we need to just end it right just there. there we need to end it right there. Oh, my God. You stuck
0: the landing. Thank you.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, Ray, for joining us and being guest co-host on this episode. If yes, you would like to learn more about Ray's work as a film historian and hear more about his books, please visit his website at raymorton.com. And if you uh, wish to follow him on Twitter, he is at Ray Morton. One. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for being All on. you for being
0: here as well. All right. Okay. And until next time, remember, a boy's best friend is his mother.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
2: There, you
3: go. <laughs> and see. Yeah. there is no good-